0: hello and welcome to marking out with my girlfriend this is my girlfriend erin this is my girlfriend scoot tatum
1: and sometimes we forget that it's all a work i'm
0: okay scoot how are you doing
1: i'm doing all right so i had a tweet this morning because i got an email at work where i was called it's instead of being you know referred to as cat or kathleen that you know the two names that i approve of Mm -hmm. uh someone in an email chain called me kathy which feels disgusting so i've decided that i've i i'm gonna to gonna adjust my fucking volume here But I've decided that I'm giving up that name because it's been soiled forever. So I'm trying out new names, a la Chuck Taylor, when he lost the use of Chuck Taylor that one time. Okay, so you settled on Scoot Tatum. No, I hate it so much. I'm definitely changing it. Okay. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which... Uh, for those of you not familiar with weird deep cut Chikara promos that Scoot Tatum slash Chuck Taylor cut, he right after he changed his name to Scoot Tatum, they did a post match promo with him where it's like, "So you're undefe- Scoot Tatum, you're undefeated in Chikara thus far. You're, how do you feel about the new name?" "I hate it. I'm changing it for sure." And then he <laughs> walks away. Cat. This is why I appreciate you. It's that I'm willing to do this bit for multiple weeks. I gotta do this for multiple weeks? Oh, yes. Oh, God. We still have to go through Mrs. Azerbaijan. Um, (laughs) Trent Beretta. What other names did he use?
0: Go through the ones he didn't use. (laughs) We've got the list.
1: Yeah, that's true. We do have the list. No (laughs) gimmick Steve the Samurai.
0: (laughs) This is my girlfriend. No gimmick
1: Steve the Samurai. (laughs) My absolute favorite one is No Gimmick, Steve the Samurai. (laughs) It's just such a good, it's such a good, dumb wrestling name. Mm -hmm. Oh, where did my list of them go? Because I have a list too. So we can start to use some of those. Oh, yep. No, we definitely can. Actually, this is a good lead in because it on my list at number three is Yiff Jackson. Oh, fuck. Which I joked was the third secret young buck. Mm Mm-hmm. And in this week's BTE, we find out that there is a third secret young buck. There's a third brother. (laughs) But his name is not Yiff Jackson, unfortunately. I'm sure if he started wrestling, it would be. (laughs) If he started wrestling and was a furry. Yes. God, I was gonna, like... As a push to get to 600 followers on Twitter, I was thinking, like, what can I do? What can I do? And I was, like, jokingly going to tweet Fursona Reveal at 600. <laughs> uh, but then, as soon as I went to go tweet it, I was like, oh, I'm at 602. Shit, I have to wait a while to do this bit. Do it for a thousand. I guess so. I'd have to come up with a persona then.
0: I'm sure we can find you one. We'll just make you an Animal Crossing character.
1: I mean, that would be preferable to a traditional persona. True. Animal Crossing characters are infinitely less horny. Uh,
0: depends how you play the
1: game. That's true. We have wrestling to talk about, though. Yes, we do. <laughs> Eventually, at some point.
0: Would you like to get started on being the elite?
1: Oh, uh, God, sure.
0: So, as you, Kat was saying, we get into being the elite this week, and we're int- introduced to the third jackson whose name i don't remember now but they're playing basketball they're playing a quick game of horse because matt is saying how he used to always beat them at it then he loses pretty soundly
1: yes um, I forget. yeah they called him ref a lot which yeah. is very weird but i think his name was like ezekiel or something like something weird like that. and biblical like that yeah it was kind of weird like Matt and Nick normal and then there's like Zeke over here.
0: Yep. <laughs> Although I guess Matthew is a pretty biblical. biblical. Name. Yeah. They just skipped one. So yeah, we had some fun with that. We get into a quarantine confessions between Cody and Tony. Mhm. Tony says he's been playing the PS4 way too much, so he's got to get rid of it. <laughs>
1: Yes. Uh don't forget the kickout challenge. Oh right, right. Doesn't yep. he he does the uh the false finish kickout challenge and Matt Hardy explains the false finish,
0: which I still love Matt Hardy explaining things.
1: It's my so. favorite segment of being the elite is yep. Matt Hardy coming on and just in his weird Matt Hardy con- cadence explaining what a false finish is. <laughs> Yeah,
0: so so they go through that, and, uh, I don't think he kicked out of any of them, actually. He didn't. Explicitly, he didn't. (laughs) He took a whole bunch of finishers and, uh, didn't kick out of one.
1: (laughs) Yep. So Tony plays too much PS4, but also can't remember the name of Red Dead Redemption. Yep. Which was very funny. It's like, uh, Dead Red (laughs) 2. It's like just, Tony, Tony, you have to memorize so few lines. (laughs)
0: I I love it so much because he's so adamant about how much he's addicted to this stupid thing and how much he's to get rid
1: of it. It was just such a it was a weird segment that like I don't know I feel like they've gone a lot weirder with being the elite since quarantine started.
0: (laughs) They're probably all going a little bit stir crazy to be honest. So they're getting all all the really silly ideas now, Mm -hmm. and they just want to get them out to see what happens. (laughs) true speaking of silly ideas
1: (laughs) yes luchasaurus finding super panda panda express (laughs) rooting through the garbage
0: because all of those fortune cookies are individually wrapped so they're totally safe
1: they're totally safe to eat from the garbage (laughs) even though he's eating out of one of the like folding box containers (laughs) very clearly at the start (laughs) of the segment
0: (laughs) Uh... but yeah we get a little confrontation between the two of them that ends up with Luchasaurus saying it doesn't even matter finding his tail anymore. He's going to get in contact with Tommy Dreamer. He's going to get in contact with Joey Ryan. He's going to get Super Panda's bookings back. So a nice little come around on that whole storyline, actually.
1: Yeah, it's like you didn't ever, you know, like he might have lost his tail, but he didn't really ever lose what made him good. He just lost the confidence. Yeah. And it took Finding his friend and rebuilding his friendship and strengthening his relationship with others to strengthen his relationship with himself and all that feel good crap. <laughs> After his very big, very large breasted skeleton mother told him to shit his pants.
0: <laughs> yep. That is exactly what happened. I can't even be sarcastic because that is what happened. Like, that's the problem time with these Luchasaurus ones is I, I enjoy them so much, but. We can't joke about them because they're so crazy.
1: Yeah, they're they're already very weird.
0: We got uh, Taz doing a Zoom call with Mister Bodega, the psychic. It just turns it into a hate on Excalibur fest.
1: How mm-hmm. Excalibur <laughs> thinks he knows so much better than everyone. Yeah, he's such a, a smartass and all that. Very, very good. You know, like just you know, jokingly shooting on Excalibur for... Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I laughed extra hard at this one because I'm pretty sure Excalibur would also be laughing at
1: this. Yes. At least I would hope so. I mean, his at is shut up, Excalibur. True. (laughs) So he he gets it.
0: He's very aware of himself.
1: Private Party does... has another segment where they, like, they make up from their fight last week. Yeah. And then alcohol is consumed... And a weird psychic vision happens where the assailant reveals himself.
0: I honestly feel like I should know who that is, but I don't.
1: No, I don't either.
0: And I haven't looked it up because I kind of just want to go with it and be surprised when it happens.
1: Yeah, I'm just glad it's not the boogeyman.
0: I mean, it's not going to be because he has a Legends contract with WWE.
1: Yeah, fair.
0: (laughs) He can have a WrestleMania match anytime he
1: wants. (laughs)
0: And we round out the show with the wonderful, the amazing Hangman Page at home making his sourdough bread.
1: Yes, that was an interesting segment.
0: It, it was generally genuinely funny. D- watch him do a take on the traditional cooking show stuff.
1: Right, and like miming his way through the cooking. Yep. And then also not wearing any pants or underwear. Yep. So he... When he goes to the sink,
0: there's a big black bar.
1: You get a black box over his ding dong.
0: I, I won't lie; I kind of wish there was like a daily motion release of this without that.
1: <laughs> damn it, Aaron! <laughs> huh? So that, w- uh, and then we finished the game of horse, basically. Yeah, it was it was, oh, it was a fun episode.
0: It was like it, it was a little bit of a come down in tone from the last couple weeks with the episode 200 with the super crazy luchasaurus stuff we've had before
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but you know it's it's a nice pace and like if they keep at this through a quarantine i'll be horribly entertained
1: yeah no it's it's good it's funny it's entertaining like it works it's doing what it needs to do it's you know it doesn't have to be as behind the scenes right now because there's no scenes to be behind, or fewer scenes to be behind.
0: Although next week with Dynamite have been live, we might get some of that.
1: That's true. Maybe we'll get Colt Cabana in person instead of <laughs> like a bouncing head.
0: Okay, during during the the horse segment where they use Colt's head as the ball, it kind of reminded me of that one Steam Powered draft song. Which one? <laughs>
1: Brass goggles brass goggles okay i lost to listen to that one and watch the video i assume
0: it is an old video so you're warned
1: yeah no i i i know there's like a 50 50 shot of which version of bunny we're getting
0: yeah but yeah no it just the bouncing around it reminded me of a segment in that uh video
1: Mm -hmm. that was that was fine and it's good yep
0: good for cult get still get in on all the shows Mm-hmm. Got to keep a streak going, you know, exactly. 203 now.
1: Every single episode.
0: I'm waiting for the bean delete where the young bucks don't show up so that Colt can surpass them.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Okay, want to bring this around to Dark this week?
1: Yeah, dork.
0: <laughs> AEW dork for the week. AEW dorks added. Where we get our first look at 10, aka Preston Vance who we saw last week in the segment with Mr. Brody Lee Mm -hmm. getting his opportunity in the Dark Order. The Dark Order. And he came out looking pretty strong in this. Yes, he did. Like I will give AEW this through this whole shutdown and quarantine thing. Their squash matches that they've been putting on have been effective.
1: Some of them have been unnecessary. True. Every time it's... Large versus Marco Stunt feels unnecessary.
0: (laughs) That's just picking on Marco, yeah. But when they're picking on the the jobbers that come out, you know, they they do a pretty good job. Right. They get their guys over.
1: So, like, barring all of the Marco Stunt matches, all of the squash matches have felt satisfying. Yeah. Ten looked very good. It was a very, very, very deeply one-sided match.
0: Yeah, but the offense that Ryan Piles got in kind of upset Mr. Brody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He He's outstanding in the entranceway watching, usually very happy with what's going on. But every time 10 would take a hit, he'd yell something or look disappointed. He slammed a chair. Or slam a chair into the ring post.
1: I do believe that 10 only got hit once. I and believe you see there the...
0: was 12. In there.
1: Maybe, but like, there's only at the end of the match, you saw one very clear handprint from where he got slapped, like yeah. right on his titty meat, <laughs> and that's it. Right on his titty meat? <laughs> yes. His oh titty my goodness. Meat. <laughs> there. So, yeah, no, like, was like two and a half minutes, which is perfectly timed for a squash, unless it's a butternut squash, in which case you should cook it for longer because it probably won't have cooked through in two and a half minutes. Uh, you can cook zucchini for two and a half minutes. Like any sort of summer squash.
0: <laughs> I know no one can see the face I'm making, but
1: it's just defeat at this point. <laughs> no, people have to pay extra for defeat. <sighs> beep, 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 beep she's working with
0: a migraine and she's still on point
1: people <laughs> oh goodness so, yeah, no, the, our next our next two matches were like a lot of fun
0: yeah a- anytime I see Sammy go out I, I know I'm gonna have fun with it mm-hmm. cause he, he just show so much mm-hmm
1: so this match was Sammy Guevara versus Sean Dean, who we've seen a couple times. Yeah, no, and this was a this was a fun looking match because you start off with Sean Dean getting a cradle for two. Yeah, because Sammy was busy vlogging.
0: A couple of the jobbers have tried to do that; mm-hmm. they, they'll catch the heels off guard and go for a quick roll up. Hasn't worked for anyone yet,
1: though. No, it, you know the the guy who it works for is getting promoted to main roster though. Oh, definitely. I think Sean Dean has a pretty good chance, too. Like, this was a very good-looking match for him. It wasn't a typical squash, so, like... No, he's got eyes on him after all of this. hmm Like, even if it's not
0: AEW, like probably a lot of other companies recognize him now.
1: Right. Yeah, speaking of recognition, in Animal Crossing, I now have a complete Pineapple Pete outfit. <laughs> Just so that I can annoy virtual Chris Jericho in Animal Crossing. I wonder if Chris Jericho's playing Animal Crossing. Probably not, but we can ask on Twitter.
0: (laughs) We could do that after the show.
1: Sure. Get a screenshot
0: of Pineapple Pete (laughs) and tag them both.
1: I'm sure uh, Sugar Dunkerton himself will be quite overjoyed at the Pineapple Pete dress up. (laughs) I hope so. It's
0: actually really cute. I've seen it.
1: There's a lot of pineapple clothing in Animal Crossing, despite the game not having pineapples.
0: Yeah, that's just kind of weird actually. (laughs) There's a lot of coconuts, but no pineapples.
1: So you can't have a pina colada.
0: No, which is
1: a shame. You can't get caught in the rain, though. You can't really make food or drinks in that game anyway. You can, I mean, you can't drink the drinks, but you can make a coconut juice and sell that for twice the value of a regular coconut. Okay, that's fair. So don't Pro tip, if you have coconut juice as a recipe, whenever you harvest coconuts, don't sell the coconuts until you've converted them into coconut juice for double the money. That's what you listen to this podcast for, right? Animal Crossing Pro Tips?
0: Oh my god, this... It's been 30 minutes of recording. We're already getting this
1: weird. We have a lot to get through still. So, oh, oh, speaking of Stardew Valley, here's another hint. When you grow corn... If you have a seed machine, turn the corn back into corn seeds, because corn seeds sell for the same as pickled corn, but take six seconds instead of, like, two days. (laughs) So you can make the same amount you would off of pickling the corn as you, you know, but, like, in infinitely less time. And it saves you a lot of effort and makes you a lot of Stardew Valley money faster. That's your second converting fruits and vegetables pro tip.
0: I'm just using my seed makers for uh, ancient fruits right now.
1: Okay, when corn is in season, do the corn trick. It's like one of the best hacks in starting.
0: Okay, so I've been playing my farm for like 60 hours now. Okay. And I just unlocked, I just finished the final bundle. So I'm not even doing crops anymore. I'm just putting ancient seeds in the greenhouse mm. with some trees.
1: Okay, that's fair. what <laughs> You do have you gotten the monoculture achievement yet? Uh yes, yes I okay. have. So yeah, you're you're well on your way. Yeah. Anyway, Sammy Guevara versus sean Dean. Uh so
0: showboat Sammy looks really good here. He gets caught by a couple momentum shifts including with a DDT. Mhm. Ends up hitting a knee strike and a burning GTS to take the win.
1: And that burning GTS. Oh yeah. He also squatted uh, Sean Dean three times, yep. which is not, explicitly not, teabagging.
0: No, it's not. It's the complete opposite, actually. You're on top of him when he does it.
1: Yes. I I feel like I need to clarify that squatting someone means he had him in, like, a fireman's carry and did squats. And Cody was sufficiently impressed by the fact that he went below 90 degrees.
0: Yeah, no, they were deep squats, like- hmm Good, strong legs. We had our main event for Dark, which was Kip Sabian taking on Colt Cabana in a follow-up to their altercation weeks ago on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Where Colt was being interviewed after Penelope Ford's match saying that Ford really doesn't need Sabian at ringside. Like, cheating for her. And that she's a good enough wrestler to handle it on her own. And then he slapped Kip when uh, he came to confront him about it.
1: Really paintbrushed him which is a term that they insist on using. It really does sell what
0: kind of look you're getting with these slaps. So this match
1: was I guess the fight for
0: Ford? It kind of was in a way because the commentary kind of kept making allusions to Colt having eyes for Ford or Ford having eyes for Colt. There was a couple altercations between them. And at one point, Kip was talking to her on the outside, like, we're on the same team here. We got to get this going. So there's a couple ways that could be read into. I know I read it as more of a ruse Mm -hmm. on Colt. I know uh, producer Aitsu read it more as the actual Ford and Colt having eyes for each other.
1: For me, it was like, so like the, the words that they had at ringside were you're not doing good enough in this match for me to give you a kiss. Pick it the fuck up and let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like she was sick of being near Colt. Yeah. She she was done with whole horse and she <laughs> wanted to, you know, move on to the next enemy stand user. Why
0: did you put a JoJo reference in this podcast?
1: Yeah, I put a JoJo reference in this podcast. Uh, yeah, okay. Whole Horse was, like, the- <laughs> Whole Horse was the weirdest part of Stardust Crusaders. I don't know, I haven't watched any of it. First of all, his name doesn't make sense. What is Hole? Whole H-O-L as a first name.
0: You know, it, it kind of the- Kind of different from Surface Horse, then.
1: <laughs> it's, like- I don't know. It's very, but it is kind of similar to producer Aitsu's version of Colt Cabana Horse (laughs) Hut. The secret meaning revealed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. What was Whole Horse's stand? He had a gun. His gun was the stand, and it was the Emperor, I think. I don't know. I've never followed this show. Oh, God. No, the first two seasons were. Okay, so we can have a quick JoJo breakdown. Because we have to fill time. We cover wrestling on this show, I swear. <laughs> the first two seasons where they had Hamon instead of uh, stands, Hamon or Ripple or whatever you want to call it were definitely favorites. I think season two was probably it is probably like top is definitely my one of the top two. I like I like Phantom... No, it's, it's Battle Tendency is two. I like Battle Tendency. I like... Golden Wind, and I like Stone Ocean the best. And that's my top three JoJo's. Okay, that's the end of JoJo Breakdown. Back to <laughs> wrestling. Colt Cabana, or Whole Horse, or whatever we want to call him. Horse Hut. Horse Hut.
0: <laughs> well, good, because we're at the end of the match where F- Ford jumps up on the ring ape and distracting the ref, so Scaping can get a low blow and roll up Colt for the win. And Kip gets his kiss in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it was... It was a it was a fu- this was actually this one felt like what would have been a dark match before quarantine
0: yeah it it feels like they would have built this kind of thing up a little bit more.
1: you have two na you know you have two names, two roster wrestlers going up against each other in like a solid like you know good ten minute match, and that's you know i hope i i know there's good reason why we're not things aren't normal right now and i hope they prioritize performer safety you know above all else performer safety is very important but at the same time i really miss regular everything
0: yeah you really do this was a really nice change of pace to a lot of things though because they came in with a good story Mm -hmm. they had really good wrestling between them Mm -hmm. they had really good heel tactics with ford on the outside And I just like seeing our super bad polycule members win.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, That was, that was, that was nice. Short one, Jimmy Havoc, though. Yeah. Didn't show up for this one. Why don't we head over to the mid-roll and find out? Mid-roll, mid-roll. Everybody's talking about the mid-roll. Mid-roll, mid-roll. It is really gay.
0: With the recent news in the world of wrestling and the world at large, marking out with my girlfriend, would like to open our humble little platform to anyone affected
1: anyone interested can send us a voice clip up to one minute long to plug whatever you want be that your merch store or you know i guess really just merch store huh
0: or any projects
1: fair we can be reached through hello at soses.ca Marking out at soses.ca or through Twitter at sosesmedia. That's s o s e s.ca or s o s e s media.
2: Hey, what's up, sluts? It's me, Flopjaw, the shittiest muppet. I'm here to talk to you about a very important subject. That subject is a podcast that I'm on. It's called Unsound Theories. Well, gee, Flopjaw. What's Unsound Theories? Well, Kat, it's good that you asked. I was about to tell you, but I needed to wait for you to ask first. Unsound Theories, a podcast where, well, Kat here, and also Kira, that's me, they watch a movie, but they don't use any sound or subtitles to watch the movie, so they have no fucking idea what the fuck is going on. And then... They talk about what they think it was about.
1: Well, gee, Flopjaw, that sure sounds like a lot of fun. Where can I
2: find this podcast? You can find it late, early wherever you get a goddamn podcast. Just search for fucking Unsound Theories. Make sure to smoke a lot of cigarettes when you listen, but don't actually do that, because it'll make your voice sound like mine.
1: Find Unsound Theories wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> friends, listeners, loved ones, people who have taste and a conscience. I don't want to talk about Dynamite this week because I am I was severely triggered by the aftermath of the Lance Archer match. I did not feel good about any part of that. And I don't want to talk about it, so I'm going to let Eren take over for a brief moment, and then we're going to talk about Shakara Action Arcade because I do want to talk about that.
0: I'm just going to give a quick rundown of Dynamite to let you all know what happened. Uh, We started off the show seeing Kip Sabian, Jimmy Havoc, and Penelope Ford sitting at ringside together. Everyone out there is nice and socially distanced. It lasts all of 15 minutes. (laughs) I actually had a lot more faces show up for the live taping here than heels it looked like. So that'll be an interesting dynamic going forward with, I believe they were doing some pre-records for the next few weeks we start the show off good with cody versus joey janella a very good very good wrestling match to start off with it gets into a brawl halfway through and kind of just keeps that energy going and then we have cody hitting reverse suplex off the top for two a top rope springboard cutter which was a little bit awkward looking i'm not sure if it was like a last minute audible or anything but that was for two and then a crossroads for three so, Cody keeps his momentum going forward into the tournament match in a few weeks at Double or Nothing.
1: Aizu so is now claiming to be a wrestling clairvoyant. They are. Which, having experienced watching pay-per-views with them, I know for a fact that they are. They really are. It's kind of creepy. I think they just have a script. Or, either that, or they just like they have an eye for the business side of things. And they, they understand, like, this is what's gonna, you know, this is what's gonna work for where they want to go with the storyline. It's impressive regardless. I it's, it's, like, uncanny. There's been a couple times where I've wanted to say, like, no,
0: I, I want to be surprised by this one, even if we both know what's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> no, please don't tell me your guess. I want to know what happens.
0: <laughs> but I love them all the same, and I appreciate it every time.
1: It's wonderful so next next match
0: uh yeah next we had nyla rose is back taking on kenzie page who they really talked up going into this one Mm -hmm. and then she got left in the ring so nyla could do an interview with tony on the ramp
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's okay this one i do want to chime in that uh like she might be the youngest i think she's the youngest person ever to compete on an episode of dynamite did she say she, she was 18 or 19? 18. Oh, jeez, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I would think so. I would assume so. But, like, you know, good enough to be, you know, on an episode of Dynamite at 18 means either you've got a really short shelf life, or you've got the staying power and the skill to last for a long time.
0: Yep. Nyla comes out with a new set of braids in her hair. Mm-hmm. Which I... Really like the look of. It's a it's a squash match. <laughs> I don't think Kent's even got that much offense in. Like m- maybe half a move. Show me your moves. <laughs> Nyla hits a swanton, but refuses to take the three. Instead, hitting two power bombs and a beast bomb to finally end the match.
1: Which was appropriately brutal for someone who uses the term the beast.
0: Yeah. Now uh, after the match, Nyla is still in the ring with her title, staring down all the women in attendance. Faces, Mm -hmm. heels, whatever. And it's like, I kind of get the feeling from Nyla kind of like an opposite Stone Cold, where Austin was like the anti-hero kind Mm -hmm. of thing, where he had no problem fighting anyone, he was just doing his own thing. Nyla is kind of like a villain's villain. Like she's opening herself up to attack from anyone, and doesn't really care.
1: Right, right. She's like a- anti-heel.
0: A little bit, like a little bit. <laughs> it's it's very hard to put a label on, too.
1: Yeah, well, it's like the the opposite of an anti-hero would be an anti-villain. It's
0: like they're they're not a good guy, but they're damn dominating.
1: Or, or, or like they're not bad; they're just powerful
0: yes we get an mjf promo after this with the worst green screen i've ever seen it's done up to look like he's sitting in some like penthouse apartment cutting a promo how he he is the best thing in wrestling and how he's only gonna get better you know the stuff he's been saying for like a year now
1: you know the i am better than you routine
0: yeah the stuff he keeps backing up too (laughs) And then he stands up and it's just so obviously a green screen. (laughs) I couldn't help but laugh. Mm -hmm. Oh, after that, there's a Sean Spears promo where he cuts right into Cody, like to the bone on how much of an asshole he is for not throwing in the towel last week, for not having the consideration to save his brother. It's like, that was a great promo. It's like even as a heel, I wouldn't do this stuff that you did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we get down to the floor with an MJF and Sean interview where they're gambling again, <laughs> as they do, and we find out that MJF is going to be taking on Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing in what is going to be an amazing match.
1: I no Jungle Boy is very good. I'm like his stock has only gone up since he. Like since Jurassic Express first premiered, yep. Because like when they first started out, before they got paired with Marco stunt trioed with Marco stunt, yeah. They like you know Jungle Boy was always booked kind of being the very small guy in comparison. Like, but now that he's got Marco as a counterpoint to make him look even bigger, <laughs> yeah. Like make him look less the small guy. Yeah, he's gotten significant his stock has gone up significantly as like it you know it, marco has done a good job of legitimizing jungle boy is what i'm getting at
0: yeah and you know re- remember jungle boy is the one who went 10 minutes with chris jericho at the end of last year
1: yeah no, that i mean that also did a very 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 huge amount for raising jungle boy stock
0: yeah i'm definitely hoping because we haven't seen Jungle Boy in a while because of the travel restrictions, Mm -hmm. but I'm really hoping that they put together a good promo package for him that definitely includes a lot of that match. Mm -hmm. Because that just... That is, like, the most legit someone so young in this company could look, and he did it amazingly.
1: He did a fantastic job. So, yeah, no, that, like, I am looking forward to... Uh, You know, watching more Jungle Boy in the future. Definitely. Uh, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again. I know we're talking about AEW. We're supposed to be positive. They still have a lot of work to do to gain my trust back. I'm not 100% on watching Double or Nothing at the moment. No, I understand. So this, this may pivot to a Chikara cast.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, next week will be very telling <laughs> of where our tastes move
1: hmm
0: i'm I'm hoping for the best but you know it, it is a lot of ground to make up yeah so we come into kazarian versus mox in what was a very grindy wrestling match
1: mm-hmm.
0: going between headlocks and hammerlocks and just working each other down so
1: master locks padlocks <laughs>
0: No, the Master Lock Challenge was like 15 years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Combination locks. So very in tune with the start of the match that Mox had with Hagar before in the open arena setting mm-hmm. where he he wrestled and he, he wrestled well. And it comes out to about the halfway mark where Mox ends up dumping Kaz onto the ramp from inside the ring. So they've mm-hmm. got that ramp that... Leads flat into the right, ring. That's the Bailey's like.
1: place ramp. Yeah. I I don't like that ramp.
0: I I still do. I'm a big CMLL mark though. So,
1: like that's the ramp that that's the kind of ramp where Cody busted his eye open.
0: Yeah, it was. And also where Kaz looked like he twisted his knee on. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> he did not look good when he t- took this fall. So Kaz on the outside mocks go tries to go for a high risk. Uh, I think it was a double axe handle onto the outside and ends up taking a super kick midair which was very cool looking if i if i could be perfectly honest mm-hmm. they get back into the match and after this great grindy match with a lot of momentum swings with a lot of shifts in in, in the lead mox hits a paradigm shift for three and immediately gets jumped by the dark order as he comes out to try and make the save but they can't because the, the numbers game and mr brody comes out And takes Big Platinum, the AEW Championship, and spills out a very long, (laughs) a very articulate uh, promo to get himself a title shot for Double or Nothing. To Mm -hmm. which Mox replies, all you had to do was ask. (laughs) And then he gets beat up again. (laughs) Mox is so Mox, I love it.
1: (laughs) That's what I love about his character. Like... The humor that he brings, because he, like, obviously we know he can do humor. That's literally how they booked Dean Ambrose for the last forever.
0: Yeah, but he can do good humor as opposed to that. Right, he doesn't
1: have to do what they made into Dean Ambrose humor. Yeah. You know, all he had to do was ask, Is funny. Yeah, he's got
0: great comedic
1: timing. Without, like, making him seem wimpy or weak or whatever you want to say about, like, how they characterized dean ambrose with his like germophobia or whatever that angle was
0: yeah taking syringes in the butt or something i don't know it, it was it was a thing
1: it was awful
0: <laughs> so we get the card for double or nothing after that which what which is going to be moxley versus Brody lee for the title which they kept saying that lee still has the title in his possession so it would be interesting if that holds and he shows up to the pay-per-view with it we're uh-huh. going to get MGF versus Jungle Boy, which, as I just said, is going to be a great match. The finale of the TNT title tournament, with Cody taking on Lance Archer. Uh-huh. And the casino ladder match, which is Money in the Bank. It's just a Money in the Bank match. The winner gets an AEW title shot.
1: <laughs> so it's just Money in the Bank.
0: It it really is. And I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about the blatant stealing of something like that.
1: Especially because Money in the Bank is, what, this weekend?
0: Yes. By the time this goes out, it'll have been the past sa- Sunday. Fair. That That is a pretty stacked card already, and they probably have a few more matches they'll want to add to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we also find out what's happening next week, which is going to be Brody Lee taking on Christopher Daniels, which will be really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, MJF is going to be in a match. Don't know against who yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that implies that it will be a squash. It's going to be a squash match, but <laughs> that's okay. We get MJF dressed... versus Pineapple Pete? No. Pineapple Pete has a match next week, but not against MJF. Oops. Pineapple Pete will be taking on Chris Jericho. <laughs> okay, I'll watch for that. <laughs> that one's going to be fun. If the rest of it is a dumpster fire, that will be fun.
1: Yeah, like, I'll watch that. They've got me on that one. Pineapple Pete versus Jericho, just because of how much Jericho hates Pineapple Pete.
0: (laughs) We also get a four-way match. It looks like a rematch of the one that happened a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. between Hikaru Shida, Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander. So, looking forward to that again, because... Remembering the one that they had before was amazing. I can't wait to see what they do now.
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's nice to, like, have them start to rebuild those rivalries and everything like that. Yeah.
0: Now that they've had a little bit more warning of what they can do, leading into, hopefully, pre-tapings.
1: Hopefully. I'm still a little bit sad that I didn't get to go to Blood and Guts.
0: I know. I, I'm kind of sad that the Rochester show wasn't even an option for me because apparently that's when Brody Lee would have been debuting.
1: That would have been so cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a it just sucks.
0: It does. And we're allowed to say that it sucks. That that's just acknowledging the reality of everything.
1: Yeah. Once Chikara starts doing shows again, they like film out of near Pennsylvania, so I'll probably go to Chikara shows.
0: And I'll be very jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll see me there on like a Saturday morning. Heck yeah. <laughs> Please bring a sign uh, I'll advertise the podcast with my sign <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, So we get to the main event of, of Dynamite for this week Which was Le Sex Gods Taking on Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy in a street fight Where Jericho comes out with aluminum bat Which he starts swinging around Pineapple Pete but ends up taking a shot <laughs> During the commercial break, they let Jericho and Sammy's music play, and we find out that none of the heels at ringside can rock out, really. (laughs) (laughs) They're all kind of awkward looking. Come in early, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy have the offense, Mm -hmm. including hitting a BT bomb on Sammy, and then Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho fight to the back. Jericho comes back, they start playing the numbers game on Omega, and then... Matthew Hardy comes out, as in Team Extreme Matthew Hardy. (laughs) He had a quick costume change in the back there to get his old stuff on. And from there, the match actually spills out into the stands, into the back area. And eventually, Matt Hardy is forced into an icebox, where he kind of stays for a little bit, where while Jericho and Sammy beat up Omega again, Omega starts making a comeback, and the camera cuts to the icebox again, and Damascus comes out. So a second costume change. A second costume change. <laughs> Damascus gets inside a golf
1: cart. Okay, so is, it's a question that I have. Is Matt Hardy aiming to usurp Brandy's costume change record? I honestly think
0: he is at this
1: point, because he's up to three outfits in one match rather than three outfits
0: in one. Well, he went back. He went back and forth with Damascus. He started as Damascus, went to Matt, back to Damascus. So yeah, he's got two. Brandy I- did what? Three? Three or four?
1: Three during the first double or nothing.
0: Yeah, I think he can hit that. I think they're both aware of this too.
1: <laughs> uh they they have to be. That, this. I don't know. I'm less trustworthy of their awareness at the moment. I know.
0: I really do. So while this is happening, Omega starts made a comeback against all of the inner circle, including including Hagar now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh yes. Thank you, too. We did get uh, Jericho as a traffic cone witch for a bit. Huh. Uh Damascus gets out of the icebox, starts up the golf cart, and drives picks up Kenny. They clip Jericho. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the gift that everyone has seen by now, where they chase down Sammy Guevara and run him over <laughs> with a golf cart.
1: Yeah, it, it was it's pretty fun.
0: Oh, uh, it it was, this was a hilarious match.
1: I'll eventually watch it. Yeah, when you're comfortable. Eventually. So
0: yeah, we had Hardy gets taken out again somewhere. Omega hits a. Moonsault off a scissor lift onto Hagar and Jericho. Goes to set up the one-wing angel and proud and and powerful Russian. So now you've got this five-on-one situation on Omega. He's got no hope. Juice Effect for three. And the inner circle celebrate with one of the LED screens in the backstage area lighting up with their logo for a really cool closing shot. So yeah. It was a really good street fight. It felt like an indie show when the audience got out and followed them through the backstage area when they just used whatever was around. Like, I'm pretty sure I've been to this indie show like 10 years ago.
1: It was also neat um, that there were some spots where the only way you could actually see them was if you watched, like, Britt Baker's Instagram Live story. Oh, yeah. I still have to go back and do that. (laughs) Cause I think like uh, I forget what Jericho got hit with, They got hit with something really weird.
0: They all got hit with something really
1: weird.
0: <laughs> like, I've got a big paragraph of notes on here and I didn't even cover everything. So yeah, that was Dinoite for this week. Kat, if you would like, we can move into Chakara.
1: Okay, um, <laughs> Hello, Chikari and welcome to my recap of Action Arcade episode six. See that Erin and I have been spending our Saturday mornings watching Action Arcade at eleven a.m. Eastern, yeah, uh, live on Chikara.com and IWTV. It was a to be, I mean, like it's it's an hour long show. It's fun, it's family friendly, and you get to see a lot of really talented performers who are like just getting their start. Chikara's in the middle of their Young Lions Cup tournament, which is where, I forget the exact rules of Young Lions Cup, I think it's like if you're under 25 or in your first year of wrestling, you qualify.
0: Yeah, it matters more that like, you're a young, new start kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Someone not so much a household name.
1: Right. So, like, it's very, very exciting to watch all of these, like, newer performers get to start to make their mark. Last year's winner was Still Life with Apricots and Pears, whom's shirt Arian is wearing and is unapologetically and openly non-binary.
0: Which is amazing and what really caught my attention first when I saw them.
1: So yeah, like we, we start off with a uh, promo from Razorhawk, who is very upset. Doesn't like interviews. he Doesn't like Dasher Hatfield. Doesn't like Dasher as an interviewee. He doesn't like him as a champion. He doesn't like him uh, with how he works with and coaches young Jakara talent. The current and historical achievements don't matter. What matter is that what matters, excuse me, is that Dasher Hatfield pinned his tag team partner while Dasher's niece. Yes. Is that real or kayfabe?
0: I honestly don't know, but I enjoyed the play of the Hatfields
1: and the McCoys. Uh, Molly McCoy was gouging out Razor Hawk's eyes, despite, you know, Razor Hawk having a full mask. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter. Still
1: counts. Yeah, no, it's. It's wrestling. We 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 pretend that Razorhawk has one large eye in the middle of his face. I guess (laughs) they're in there somewhere. They're in there somewhere. But yeah, so Razorhawk mentions his plans to pin Dasher. And excuse me. And that, like, basically, like you know, there's always going to be an asterisk next to dasher's wins or losses in these matches against razor hawk because i believe it's a non-title match yes even though we're not allowed to say non-title apparently now this is also a good time
0: to bring in that with dasher hatfield being the current grand champion he has put into effect the sword of damocles stipulation on all his matches which is anytime he defends the grand championship the loser leaves Jakara.
1: Right, so you have to either be on your way out to another company or going to win. Yeah. So we got our first match, which is, um, I believe it's the world premiere of Cabana Man Dan, <laughs> who's, um, okay, so this is going to be a deep cut. Have, has, I'm sure no one in our audience, as what, whatever size it may be, has watched the Chris Gethard show as it appeared on New York Public Access TV,
0: I wouldn't have known this was even a thing until three seconds ago. <laughs> oh no!
1: I've sh- I showed you. I showed you the Chris Gethard show when they had Chris Gethard show had a wrestling match. Oh right, where it was like X Pac, Rhino, and Colt Cabana plus Chris Gethard versus versus Vacation Jason, who is basically Cabana Man Dan. <laughs> uh Vacation Jason, the masked fruits who are like a pineapple and a coconut or something like that. And John Ham, like the actor John Ham, but in a sumo suit. <laughs> it was the most preposterous thing of I think that was when they were on True TV. Okay. And okay, it's It gets even weirder because uh, the stipulation was if Gethard's team won, then Vacation Jason would release Gethard's friend, the human fish. (laughs) But if Vacation Jason won, then Gethard would get deleted from reality. It was such a good, it was, it was like, that, okay, so first of all, that was my first time actually seeing Colt Cabana was watching that match. Okay. Uh, but like, on top of that, like, that was where I was like, okay, wait, I, I think I could actually get into wrestling. But like, <laughs> it's worth noting, Vacation Jason is not a strong guy gethard does mma so like it's fair that like he was in the ring with like he's not big but it's like yeah he knows how to handle himself in the ring with some of these guys vacation jason is a fucking beanhole (laughs) like let me grab an image for people in twitch chat so like vacation jason was the major antagonist of the entirety of the chris gethard show for its entire run it's like a whole thing but yeah, no Cabana Man Dan has a very similar vibe to Vacation Jason, including drinking out of the same kind of plastic coconut with an umbrella. It, it it was it was fun to relive that moment on the Chris Gethard show when Gethard got erased from existence. <laughs> oh my gosh! On his own show. We were talking about Chikara, weren't we?
0: We were. We were talking about Cabana Man Dan, which brought all of this together.
1: <laughs> That's right, Cabana Man Dan versus Terry Zeller. So it was a it was a fun it was a fun match. Like mm-hmm. Cabana Man Dan is a very fun wrestler to watch because he hits guys with his flip flops, <laughs> which are like very very cheap looking flip flops. Yep, I don't think they'll do a whole lot. You no, know, they. I mean, like they the, can swing them. Yeah. No, there's there was a lot of really good looking moves though. Like, you know, did him with a springboard Yashitonic, but he calls the bonsai pipeline, which
0: is a great name actually.
1: I a love fantastic it. name that worked so well as a finish to that match. Like he was like, it wasn't a long match. It was three minutes ish. About that, yeah. It was a good opener. It was a good opener, and you know. It's good to see Cabana Man Dan in Chikara, because his gimmick fits Chikara so very well.
0: Where silliness reigns supreme. Absolutely. And honestly, Saturday at 11am is like the perfect time for Chikara, because it feels like a cartoon of points. It
1: feels very Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, let's be real. Ophidian is just Cobra Commander.
0: I'm glad you said that. I
1: saw Ophidian
0: once in Hamilton years ago. Okay. So he does his match earlier in the night and he does something to his knee but he's Mm -hmm. supposed to come out later on. So after the title match at the end of the card Ophidian comes out. He's on crutches or a wheelchair. I can't remember which. And he's challenging Ethan Page there. All ego Ethan Page to a match at whenever the next event he'll be in town is, which I didn't make it to, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So they do all that, and then he gets, like, his big closing display up on the, the apron, and, so, and someone from the crowd goes out, yes, Cobra Commander. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to which, Ophidian does a perfect Cobra Commander
1: impersonation. Of course he would. Yep. Uh, Because Cobra Commander and Starscream were the same voice actor. Yes. Yes, they were. It's like a very, like, we'll blow up the ocean! (laughs) Cobra! Ow. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I shouldn't do that. I just did fucking Blue Laser from Star Runner (laughs) from Cheat Command.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ethan Page of the North? I don't know. Is that who he is now? Oh, yeah. Ethan Page of the North on Impact. There you go. Yeah, he was the Alpha 1 champion when I got to go see one of their shows. I went for Psycho Mike.
1: So, yeah, no, there's like a lot of, like, back and forth. There's, there's the cybernetico report. We get some more segments and everything like that. I think just for the sake of time, we'll move on to the Young Lions Cup quarterfinal elimination match instead of going through, um, you know, all of the talking that happened because there's a lot of talking
0: <laughs> there was there's a lot of really good ads and they're worth going back to watch on the replay but we don't need to cover them all here
1: no it's 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 not worth walking through the ads for now so young lions cup quarterfinal elimination match donnarama who follows Aaron on twitter uh <laughs> noah striker the oswald project and zero this was fun because I think everyone except Zero, it was their Chikara debut.
0: Yeah, they've been getting some promo time in the preceding weeks, but we hadn't seen them yet.
1: So yeah, no, like it was it's a lot of fun. Like so th- there's like I I don't know what Donna Rama's gimmick is other than her look being very Cindy Lauper. I-, I think she's just
0: being crazy bitch right now.
1: The Oswald project is what, forty-six weeks old? Did they say <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it was something like that. Like his whole thing is that he's like grown in a lab and made to be a wrestler. Yeah. Noah Stryker is from they mentioned he was from White Wolf Wrestling, which is you know, there's some relationship there because Carlos Romo was also from White Wolf. Okay. Uh, He was in Young Lions last year, I think, and King of Trios as well. Mm -hmm. King of Trios is a great weekend, by the way. Oh my god, King of Trios! We need to make it out to a King of Trios once those start happening again. Yeah, that'll be worthwhile. So yeah, no, there's like a lot of it's a you know it's a quarterfinal four-way elimination match, first to three falls, three falls. So yeah, like Donnarumma comes in and launches with a surprise attack. And then basically runs roughshod for like the next two minutes. God, I loved
0: Donna Rama so much because in her promos, she was always very meek, very passive. You know, she didn't put herself down at all, mm-hmm. but she wasn't the loud, domineering character that came out for this match.
1: Right. It's like there's two Donna Ramas there's yeah. the, you know, I'm not in the ring kind of demure, and then there's the I'm going to kill you because this is what I'm here to do.
0: Yep. So all three of them had to team up on her to get rid of her. <laughs> yeah, no, all three guys
1: dogpiled on her for the pin. Which probably isn't legal, but I kind of understand where they're all coming from. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Chikora. If it works, it works. Yeah. So Zero and Oswald kind of put together like an impromptu partnership because noah Stryker was very much leading the match after getting rid of donnarama
0: oh yeah like he, he filled
1: that role real quick <laughs> yep zero gets fed up i think something happens with his tie at some point yeah it, it, it's tie was touched or taken off yes one of the two uh, so zero is like zero's character i think is that he's like a japanese businessman Kind of, yeah. Like, Like his whole gimmick is being a salaryman, but with a wrestling mask. And and he's also second generation, coming from Mr. Zero. So yeah, there was, like, a lot of really good work in this match. Mm Mm-hmm. I was very, very impressed with Oswald. I would love to see some more of him, actually, yeah. Yeah, like, a running 450 splash, a split-leg powerbomb in combo, like, chaining those two together just beautiful. He's got a lot of talent and a lot of upside and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him going forward now that he's had his debut. There was a lot of it was funny cuz Oswald like actually tags Zero at one point. It it is technically
0: a tag match. <laughs> it just kind of falls apart really quickly.
1: <laughs> it fell apart. So Zero comes in and does like hits that Japanese move. Yep. And eliminates him at eight twenty-seven. So, like, there's there's fun stuff happening there. Oswald goes for the hug because they did it. They worked together, and they're the last two left. Yep. And Zero drops him with hand. I can't believe this is the name of the move, the last shaven unicorn drop, <laughs> and wins
0: the match. And he feels really bad about it. Actually, mm-hmm. like he 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 felt. He, he was noticeably upset that he had to do that, but he went for the handshake afterwards, and everything looks okay.
1: Yeah, and sorry, I, I believe I've been requested to say the last shaven unicorn drop <laughs> one more time. <laughs> let me let me theater kid that the last shaven unicorn drop.
0: All those lovely sounds for the pop filter to catch. <laughs> but yeah, this was a great match. So one thing that really helps the tag environment of this Fall Apart is that Chikara uses Lucha Libre rules for their tag matches, mm-hmm. where when you exit the ring, that counts as a tag. So in a normal tag match, your partners can come in, or in this case, anyone can come in.
1: Right, so it just it ends up being more of a, you know, fatal four-way than a tag match. Yeah. But, you know, they, they had a couple points where they brought
0: it back to the tag element and that was really cool to see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love watching zero i love the tag matches he's done with boomer hatfield mm-hmm. i love his interactions on twitter because mm-hmm. he comes off as very naive
1: mm-hmm.
0: i can't remember the, the exchange him and boomer were having the other day
1: but i i think i ended up almost crying over it or something it was cute no it, i i liked it uh, but like i also liked the way that this match managed to Give everyone the spotlight Yes But like you know It still put over I think it put over the right guy For the Young Lions Cup Yeah definitely It worked as a product Um, I was very happy with that match Now we also get the semifinals finished up For the Young
0: Lions Cup after this With Zero Max the Impaler Who was great I can't wait to see them again Green Ant And Ricky South That witch green ant is this? He's like the third or fourth. I think this is the third. No, this the first one became Silver Ant. Is this one the second?
1: Maybe there's a lot of members of the colony that I've been
0: out of the colony for a while and I definitely have to catch up. I I need to go back and watch some old soldier ant,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) maybe some uh, humble fire ant, (laughs) as Excalibur would say.
1: Oh god. I think we have to come up with ant sonas now.
0: Okay. I'm for this.
1: Okay, Aaron, what's what's your ant gimmick?
0: Uh okay, so there are a lot of ants taken. There's green, fire, soldier, pink, thief, I think one more that's already taken.
1: Hold on, let's let's look this Let's just up. look up the
0: colony and see what happens. <laughs> PR ant is uh producer right <laughs> That works.
1: Okay, the current members are Fire Ant, Green Ant 2, Thief Ant, and Worker Ant 2. Oh, yeah, there's Worker Ant, of course. But what about the ex members? Let's see, hold on. There was a Carpenter Ant,
0: a Silver Ant. <laughs> yeah, Silver Ant was Green Ant 1.
1: Mm-hmm. There was a Sail Ant.
0: <laughs> right? Oh, I love the pun. <laughs>
1: Okay, so my ant sonar would be Conspire Ant. Conspire Ant? I like it. Cause it sounds like conspirant. Oh, I don't know.
0: Durant. Oh, Durant's a good one. One of my favorite Pokemon actually. But how about Reluctant?
1: <laughs> yep, that's the one! <laughs> <laughs>
0: That works, because when I played City of Heroes, one of my characters was the Reluctant Paladin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reluctant is such a good one. <laughs> uh, so we get the scoreboard. Cabana Man Dan, Sonny Defarge, Boomer Hatfield, and the spoiler all have one point. Do you want
0: to explain the point system here?
1: Okay, I don't fully understand the point system. <laughs> so, Chikar
0: runs on a point system for their singles and tag divisions, and... It's all intergender. There's no men's and women's division, Mm -hmm. so just ignore all that. But it's a three-point system where every win you get gives you a point, and on your third point, you're eligible to challenge the champions. Or champion, whichever division you're going on. But if you lose, you lose all your points.
1: Okay, so yeah, that's, that's how that works.
0: Yep. I love the system personally. It's one of the things that really got me started on Chikara when they explain this. It's like, yes, this makes sense. This makes it, th- this gives you motivation and drive.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, this makes the wins matter. Yes. It adds a sporting element to it.
0: And this was 10 years before AEW said they were going to make it a sport.
1: <laughs> yeah. The only individual with two points is Lucas Calhoun. Who is really great. Mm-hmm. And then we get some Travis Huckabee Cutting a promo about how Tanku Amir will defeat Lucas Calhoun, blah, blah, blah. And then Ophidian does his Cobra Commander thing. <laughs> and then we have a Crucible match, which is a whole thing. I, I don't know if this is a thing. This is almost assuredly just a Chikara thing. Uh, Kind of, yeah. So the Crucible
0: is the faction currently led by Ophidian.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They are the enemies of Chikara, very much like. Cobra.
1: <laughs> right, like how Cobra is the enemies of the G.I. Joes. There you go. So they have their
0: own matches on these shows, which consist of no ropes, a two-minute time limit, and can only be won by submission, knockout, or knocking your opponent out of the ring.
1: So this week's Crucible match is Tonku Amir versus Bobby Perez, who... Even the commentary (laughs) shit-talked. They just, they, they, like, you know, some, they called, like, they called him some no-name or whatever.
0: It was at this point in the livestream that we had an unexpected guest in the form of Rad Dad, Radley Belmont. One half of the tag team, the Stepdads, who was explaining his role in the Crucible match as Bobby Perez. We encourage everyone to listen to go check them out through their social media and on YouTube.
1: Oh no, 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 you came in at the perfect time we you do don't worry, we're just in awe of we're we're just huge marks, so it, yeah, it's gonna be like us freaking out a little bit for a second, but we're glad to have you here
0: and it's okay. We go on tangents all the whole time anyway.
1: We do do a lot of tangents, oh so many tangents i had a whole tangent about the chris gethard show that went on for like way too long earlier so yeah no this was i mean like i just i just i kind of just love action arcade and this was no exception yeah, um we
0: just had to be covering it because of what happened on dynamite this week so we're using this to fill up that usual role
1: i i don't know i feel like we should probably add a chikara segment too
0: i have no problem adding a chikara segment if it means more editing for me, that's fine.
1: Okay, I can, like, we can make the Chikara segment a bonus podcast that comes out, like, you know, a couple of days after or whatever, too. We could, yeah. We can, that's something to definitely talk about. We'll talk about it offline. But, yeah, no, welcome to the show. If you'd ever like to come on as a guest, we're always looking for guests. Yeah. <laughs> I always appreciate having jersey represented in wrestling as well oh my gosh are you serious what (laughs) they're from jersey too (laughs) yeah they're from jersey (laughs) oh of course
0: It, it just kind of happens that
1: way all of the best wrestlers are from jersey so i it's always exciting for me when i get to like you know oh hey this guy's from jersey or hey she's from jersey it's one of my favorite little like points of pride for no reason other than the circumstances of where i was born well yeah we've talked before
0: about how important representation is and like even regional representation is very important in that right which is why i follow sean spears so heavily
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's it's gonna be weird to break this down but it's it's a you know it's a it's a crucible match there's punching there's some throws And then it's over in a minute and 34 seconds.
0: Yeah, they're very fast, very brutal. Because that is the image of the
1: Crucible. Right. It's very, you know, survival of the fittest kind of vibe to it. Which is in that sort of lawful, evil style that Ophidian has. Yep. And Cobra Command had. (laughs) Okay, yeah, it it was fun. I... Okay, so what else do we have to talk about? I think the last match we have is Razorhawk versus Dasher Hatfield.
0: Yeah, from the promo at the start of the show.
1: It was a very good match.
0: Oh, it was wonderful. It's like, you see Dasher Hatfield now and you see Razorhawk. And it looks like, if you come into it at the wrong time, it looks like it could be a squash getting set up. Mm -hmm. But oh my gosh, did they go.
1: Yeah, like... I love just I love matches like this where it's like, you know, you get you get this like, oh, this is a weird vibe. But then it's like, oh, wow, they're going. OK. <laughs> OK. OK. Yeah, it was. I mean, like the both. I, I, you know, I've I said this before and I'll say it again. I've said I'll say it before and I'll say it again before, but I'll say I'll say it before and I'll say it again again. Sorry. No, you're um, not. N- no, I'm not. Uh no, like one of the things that like I think makes wrestling work and make it effective is when moves miss as much as when they hit. Yes. Like that last second dodge, the, you know, use the force and then shoop, right out of the way or sidestepping
0: you know. so your wife takes the hit.
1: Um less less that. He sidestepped. Can't believe he sidestepped. <laughs> That's how we knew that <laughs> Nightmare Family were turning heel. (laughs) Yeah. I still think Cody is a heel. Oh, yeah, totally. The finish on this match was, you know, like Dasher avoiding the Swanton Bomb. Yep. And then spiking with a DDT for a really strong pin.
0: Yeah, there was, after the DDT, there was no doubt what was going to, what what the, the end of this was.
1: But like, I like the way that they built it up such that yeah, like Razorhawk Hawk kind of like started off making mistakes mm-hmm. and then as the match dragged on started learning from those mistakes and like boy you could tell the crowd wanted the upset
0: yeah it, it's it's one of those feelings that they just get where you have an absolute underdog and they're doing really good and they're mm-hmm. and they're really putting their heart into everything so like that that's just one of those feelings that i watched wrestling for
1: yeah no it was he tried as producer Aitsu has said yeah <laughs> he tried his damnedest hey he sure as hell did it was, it was i mean action arcade is always good i'm so excited for, i i don't think i've been this excited for saturday mornings since saturday morning cartoons were a thing
0: i'm Actually, going to be waking up and watching this weekly as -hmm. long as I can. (laughs) As long as they're running.
1: It's definitely my favorite cartoon on Saturday (laughs) mornings right now. (laughs) So, next week we have both semi final Young Lions Cup tournament matches.
0: Yep. With Maxi and Paler taking on Ricky South and Green Ant taking on Zero. I'm a little more looking forward to Green Ant versus Zero because I just, because they're the good guys. I'm going to. I'm going to watch them. <laughs> but I'm re- I'm looking forward to both.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, both will be good. We also have... Okay, so after that, credits roll. Always read the credits. Chakars are hilarious. I have yet to... In the you know, couple weeks we've been watching, I have yet to learn and not make the mistake of skipping through the credits. Yep. And by skipping through the credits, I mean closing out of the live broadcast. Yeah. And then we get a promo from... St- Still Life with Apricots and Pears.
0: Oh my gosh, this was amazing. Still Life is there talking about how, since their start with Chikara and as a wrestler in general, they've had these different feuds that have left marks on them mm-hmm. from Blank, from Penelope Ford, from Ophidian recently, mm-hmm. and how the markings of others don't reflect who they are. And they're going to live their truth and they reveal new attire and it looks amazing
1: yeah no that new ring attire is gorgeous
0: and like specifically saying i'm going to live my truth is like yes
1: we we stand a queer icon to be honest
0: <laughs> they have so far they can go
1: yeah no, know i like i don't know how f- i mean like the gimmick is pretty fucking good I just don't know how well the gimmick does in more mainstream, you know, Chikara being as weird and wild as it is, being a sentient living painting is a bit of an odd one. <laughs> but fair. But I think that like, I think it's a gimmick that can it's got some staying power at least. Yeah. Like, you know, it I don't think it would be out of place in like beyond wrestling. I don't think it would be actually Well, we see them in of, Beyond. Yeah. Well, if those were Beyond Chikara crossover. Oh right, yes. Well, it, it's still that stage
0: that they have through there.
1: So, like, yeah, there's no. I I hope that they continue on their march upward and to ever more fame and better matches. Not that their matches are bad, but like you know, imagine like bigger still matches. life. Can, yeah, bigger matches. There That's more what I meant. Still life can really go. So, that was Chikara this week. Thanks for tuning in. Grip.
0: Kung Fu. That's why you should read the credits.
1: (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So we have... What? One more segment? Don't have anyone's ass that I want to talk about this week. So we do have What's Your Beef, then? Yes, we do. My beef is obvious. I
0: didn't list one because we have the same one and I think I'm just going to give the stage to you this week.
1: Okay,
2: I... I object strongly to two
1: things from the post-match segment from the Lance Archer match. Um, And that's why we didn't talk about it during the show, because first of all, and this is like the, I don't know, it's hard to say which one is the less shitty of the two things that really bothered me about this whole, whole fucking, like, two minutes that ruined the entirety of Dynamite for me, but, like... Jake has a history. Jake Roberts has a history of killing the snakes that he works with. He has a history of animal abuse and was previously barred from using snakes in his act for very good reason. And they did not need to give him another snake. I. It. For all of the, like, pro- progressive credentials that AEW has, they need to stop involving live animals in their shows. It's circus shit. Like, just absolute, like, clownery and not in the kind of way where you go to college for it. Clown College is, by the way, a legitimate school of art and, like, you know, clownery in and of itself is a very, very, very skill-forward art form. But fuck off with live animals. You don't need live animals on your wrestling show. You don't. Especially when Jake Roberts is gonna fucking step on the snake and mishandle it. Like, you don't hold the snake in one hand, like, and wave it around. That's bad for the snake. That snake was so stressed out. And then it got stepped on. And that was viscerally upsetting. And then, on top of that, with no fucking warning, I apologize, I just stabbed my desk with this knife. No fucking warning. No lead up, no like hey, content warning anything like that you have fucking I was severely triggered and I'm sure there were many people with a history of being of sexual assault survival who were triggered by the really awful awful yeah, simulating sexual assault on a fucking network television show that ostensibly is real people without there being like a warning I don't go to watch fucking wrestling to watch someone phallically lay a snake on an unconscious woman and then thrust on her I I can't even describe the it it hurt and it really really upset me and it's still really upsetting and like that's why I'm very apathetic about AEW right now, and why this might become a Chikara podcast, because like it's not paired, it's not fair to people who have survived sexual assault to have them be exposed to that shit like completely at random without like prior warning. Or, like, you know, like, you don't fucking... If, you, if you're a sexual assault survivor, you don't watch Law & Order SVU because that whole show is about sexual assault. You don't you don't watch things that trigger you. You watch wrestling because it's, like, a... It's not, you know, it's not family-friendly. They say shit twice an episode. But, like, you know, it's viewer-friendly insofar as most televised matches aren't going to go, like, super red. You're not gonna have... It's not the fucking 90s anymore. It's not the Attitude Era. You don't need to have anything like that. Like, it was already over the line when they had Dustin kiss Jake Hager's wife. This was just a bridge too far, and it's something that AEW is going to have to do a lot of making up for. And you know what? Fuck the fans, because... I have seen near universal praise for it as a segment literally everywhere because oh yeah, these are heel, that's how you get heat. You don't need to fucking simulate sexual assault on television to get heat as a heel. You don't need Jake Roberts to do that when he can just talk his way to heat. You don't need it and I I don't know that I have anything else to say other than fuck that. And, like, EVPs, like, all of them need to take a step back and think about what's acceptable to expose their viewers to if they want to have an inclusive product and not just be WCW 2.0. So, like, whatever. I'm, who knows what happens next week, but I'm, I'm not happy with them. That's, that's my beef. and,
0: And I completely agree. So, deep breath.
1: I'm out of water, and I'm out of beer.
0: Okay. Maybe we should wrap things up here so you can go get some water.
1: Yeah, let's wrap things up on a more positive note, though, so I don't have to end the show angry. Yeah, we don't like doing that. We like throwing a little something else
0: in here. Okay, so I'm looking at stepdad's wrestling twitter right Mm -hmm. now they are adorable (laughs) i love this um this banner picture
1: it's an amazing picture (laughs) the like the argyle arm socks yep (laughs) beautiful
0: i'm definitely going to be checking them out
1: oh come back next week to find out what my new name is we're doing that bit it's definitely not going to be Yif Jackson, though.
0: Oh, thank goodness.
1: Uh, so, uh, until next week, I've been Scoot Tatum. That's Aaron. Yep, I'm still Aaron.
0: My name stays the same.
1: Um, as we say around here at the end of each episode, be gay. Mwah. Do crimes. bang.
0: Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful.
1: And I apologize, it'll get edited out when I pause for a really long time. For those of you watching live, I have a migraine. I have a ring light standing right directly in front of my face so that I look good on stream.
0: Kat, you can probably turn the ring light
1: off. Never. Okay, that's fair. I'm a professional. I will work through this migraine by drinking this beer, which definitely isn't helping.
0: No. No, that will not.
1: But it's part of the gimmick for this podcast is that I drink a beer while we do the podcast.
0: If you'd used iced tea, I wouldn't have told anyone.
1: Iced tea doesn't look like this urine that I'm drinking.
0: If you'd used apple juice, I wouldn't have told anyone
1: don't have apple juice okay that's fair i have pbr
0: (laughs) that's basically apple juice i guess it's
1: it's not but (laughs) (laughs) all
0: of this is getting cut by the way (laughs)